um, you know that meme going around on the internet where it's like, oh, when mom asks me to do chores and it's just like, it's like the simplest tasks ever. Or no, no, no. It's like when mom asks me for a minute of my time, and it's like the simplest task <laughs> known to mankind. And then your dad asks for a minute of your time and it's like 14 hours of unpaid labor. And <laughs> so, so my parents are moving oh. and... And so, yeah, I've, I've been just doing chores all day. It's, it's been the worst. I, okay, I shouldn't say the worst. It's actually been pretty fun. But, oh my gosh. I got a, I just did a lot today. I feel like that's kind of how it is. Every time that I'm home, my parents ask me, like, hey, now that you're home, why don't you do all this yard work that we haven't done since three months ago when you were here last? It's like, ah, oh, thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Feels great being home, you know. I'm, I'm glad you saved it just for me. Yeah, I feel so special. Feel, feel so good right now. <laughs> yeah. Natty Wonders, featuring Jeremy and Bryant. Listen, the man in the cave doesn't care who you look like. He's going to kill you anyway. <laughs> I learned that I need to eat cats and infants, apparently. Two of the best therapy sessions. You've got D&D and Heavy Circles. Welcome, everyone, to Natty Wonders. Thanks for joining us this week on this wonderful episode. Um, Bryant, how have you been? I've been good. You know, I've just been trying to get back into the gym after that brief little break I've taken and... Just trying to stay on top of homework stuff and work and everything else. So things are eventful, going well. Okay, so I, speaking of like taking little breaks, I've actually started. I you remember a while back I talked about hey maybe this maybe like taking longer breaks might be better for your body. Um, you you remember when I talked about that? Yeah, I do. Where it's like a lot of people have been saying, hey, like working out six times a day is probably not good for you because your recovery sucks. And then we were like, what a bunch of haters. Am I right? (laughs) Well, I'm starting to have a feeling that they might be right. They might be on to something. Yeah, you think? I don't know. I don't want to admit it, but... But, might be on to something. But but I, I like working out six times a day. Again, it makes it makes the sad voice go <laughs> yeah, away. My mental health depends on it. You you tell me I have to take more breaks and work out less at the gym. <laughs> oh, but I'm finally I'm finally back to uh Vasa Vasa I don't know how people say it, but I'm back to Vasa Fitness. Oh yeah. Uh that that gym. It's actually out of all the gyms I've been to, that one's like pretty nice. I've heard it's really good. I'm just broke, so I can't afford it. Dude, it's like it's like the same amount as like Planet Fitness. It's like ten bucks for the basic. Mm, it's pretty good. At least where I am. Yeah. So it's well, like mine's that's free. All you need. So. Well, okay. Well, you're at college. <laughs> yeah. Mine was also free in college, but <laughs> while you are not at college. <laughs> but while I'm not at college. <laughs> I'm paying 10 bucks a month. Well, 10 bucks a month plus like a 
$35 starting fee and a $40 cancellation fee when you decide to cancel. But yes, 10 bucks a month. And dude, honestly, the way Jim's just like totally milk you of money is insane. Because yeah. I, I was freezing my VASA plan for a while, mm-hmm. not realizing that it would drain money every time I do it. Like I knew it was going to be 10 bucks every time I do it. But once I unfroze it, I'm pretty sure it just depleted me of five months worth of of a gym that I did not go to. What the heck? Hang on, I I need to look into it, but I I'll look at my bank account later. <laughs> yeah, that's some that's some messed up stuff right there. Ah, uh, it's the worst. These gyms, they're milking us dry, man. Yeah. First we first we have to buy groceries for bulking and then <laughs> then gyms are pulling this sh- these shenanigans. Yeah. It's like we can't get a break. Yeah. That's just kind of how oh, it is. So That's how they make it's like credit cards, you know. They just make money off of people that like either get the, you know, the for credit cards the ones with annual fees to them. Or they like carry mm-hmm. a balance, and that's how credit card companies make money. And, but like gyms are the same way; they get people at the beginning of the year, or people that kind of start working out but then don't, st- or that just stop. And you know they'll pay that beginning fee, and then they'll just not cancel it because there's like a fifty dollar cancellation fee. So they're like, oh, ten bucks a month. Like, yeah, I'll go enough to make that worth it, and then they never do. Exactly. Yeah, they milk they they milk me and my money. I milk every machine. I I actually start taking the machines home. <laughs> I wish. Well, you you got to get bro, you got to get stronger if you want to pick those machines up and take them home. I know, right? And he does. I that's why I'm investing in a gym bag so I can start putting stashing away all the dumbbells that I use. <laughs> Bro, Slowly but hey, surely, all the dumbbells will be gone. I just gotta say, Gymshark has one of the greatest deals on a backpack that I've ever seen. It's like it's right great. now. Yeah, well, I mean, like I bought it a while ago, but it wasn't on sale. I think it was like twenty five bucks for like this really really nice gym bag. It's like a like a nice texture. It's got strong zippers on it, and just like a lot of nice compartments for like all the stuff that you got. I don't know. You should take a look at it. Yo. But not sponsored, by the way. But I've I bought that gym bag like six months ago. Thing is amazing, so good. Yeah, I need to look into that. Yeah, I don't know. The only, my only problem with Gym Shark is the turn that they've kind of been going with their social media account. I won't go too much into it. Ah, uh, that could be an episode in and of itself. Yeah, I, I, I don't and, know. And this is why I don't have social media. Ah, yes. Maybe I should also stop doing that. No, Jeremy, you have to take care of the Natty Wonders Instagram account. Wink, wink. Follow follow the Instagram account for some reels. Yes, yes. Follow it, please. Um, <laughs> Sh- yeah. Shameless so self-promotion to... aside. <laughs> shameless self-promotion aside. Let's go on to the meat of this episode, which... Honestly, recently we've been talking a lot about gym stuff. We need to go into the nerdy stuff, into our nerdy sides oh, again. Am yeah. I right? Yes, sir. Oh yes. So today we've got uh the the the, the our best homebrew rules that we have right now. Are you re- are you ready for this? Yes, I am. 
Okay, so what, you use homebrew rules, right, for your campaign? I do. It kind of depends on the campaign. Some of my favorite homebrew rules, um, I like um, kind of changing levels of exhaustion. That's kind of one of the homebrew rules that I use a lot, just making it kind of more meaningful mm-hmm. as opposed to just, you know, like having movement speed and, and doing the things that the player's handbook suggests. I also, um, what else? When it comes to like classes and things like that, I tend to like let people be a little more flexible or like if, um, if a spell makes sense from a certain person's background, but it doesn't fit their class, then I'll also usually tend to like, just let them have that one. As long as it's not like OP and going to break everything or Okay, so like session, so that's like a session zero kind of homebrew rule where it's like, ah, yeah, like, yeah, you could do it. Yeah, I think most of mine, at least for when I, for every single campaign that I DM, most of my homebrew rules are in session zero. And so they don't, they're not changed Mm -hmm. that much. Uh, Sometimes I'll like approach a problem differently than maybe the, the player's handbook or the DM's handbook says that you should. But I don't know. That's not really like a homebrew rule. That's just like my interpretation of it. I understand. Yeah, that makes sense. I totally agree. Yeah, like session zero rules like that, I think, are more meaningful to characters. It spices things up. Um, And honestly, I think it could just make a campaign fun. Just letting uh, the players kind of do their own thing and mix and match their, you know, the classes with the spells that they want or, or weapons that would make sense for their background or stuff like that. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, how about, how about this homebrew rule that everyone uses that a lot of people actually believe is in, well, I don't know how many people believe it's in the, um, like some people might think like, Oh, this has always been in the player's handbook. It hasn't, but pretty much uh health potion as a bonus action. That's a classic homebrew rule that pretty much almost I've seen everyone use. At yeah, this definitely. Point. Um, I you, like it. Think of that? Um, I think it's you who does it this way, but basically like where you can take a bonus action to use your health potion. And that's where you, you know, roll your dice for whatever health potion it is. But if you take yep. it as a full action, you get full health points. You do that, right? Okay. I, I really do, do like yeah. that. Just because like... I do. Because it's it's a full action, isn't it? In the in the handbook. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've, I've played yeah. a campaign where that was like... You actually enforce that. Because it's just kind of dumb. Like it's... Especially at low levels. You're like, oh, well, I'm at 12. I have 12 hit points. And I need to drink my lesser health potion, which is one D four plus four or plus two or whatever. Right. And so, you know, you drink that. Then you get a rinky dink number. You get five HP back or whatever. And two things attack you and your HP is gone. So that entire action was just wasted. I don't know. I just, it, it doesn't make sense. And I don't know. It just, it makes gameplay move a lot faster if you're just utilizing your bonus actions especially at low level you don't no one has any bonus actions they can take exactly yeah exactly it gives them something more to do 
Not to mention, like, I usually describe it as, like, if you're going to use it as a bonus action, I imagine it more like you're just pouring it all over yourself, and, like, you're not really getting, you're not drinking all of it. So that's why you have to roll, because to see, like, how much you actually yeah. drink. Yeah, but if you drink it, then it's like, um, I, if the magician, or the magician, if the apothecary or wizard that mixed it knows anything of what they're doing, they're going to have somewhat consistent result. And so they're gonna they're gonna mark it like exactly. oh yeah it's gonna give you six HP or whatever, eight HP. And so when you drink it, that's what it does. This will always give you twelve. Yeah, that makes I do yeah. like that one. That one makes a lot yes. of sense. Um, next up, the flanking rule. Um, that I use this one I got from a YouTube channel a while back, uh, which was XP to level three. Um gives really insightful D&D, like, tips, stories, whatnot. Go check them out. But, th- but this YouTube channel said that he does the flanking rule so that when two characters want to flank an enemy, they have to be, like, they, like, they actually have to be, like, 180 degrees, like, behind hmm. the creature. They can't be, like, adjacent to the to the other person. It can't be next to the monster when I don't know how to describe it without like drawing it out, but they there it has to be like one eighty like completely behind yeah. the monster. Um, and I think I did this rule because of the sea uh, the seafaring campaign that we did, where you were mm-hmm. an Aarakocra that was able to fly. Yes, yes, and when you flew above like monsters. We ruled that it was like, oh, that's advantage, right? And I'm like, crap, yeah, that kind of is. Um, and so I was like, all right, we need to change some of these rules. Yeah, I definitely remember that. We milked that so hard, just like. <laughs> <laughs> that's why air cockers are so yeah. broken. Just flying is. Speed yeah, is they're crazy. great. I love the air cocker. They're just not. They're like the stat boost that you get. They're not amazing. And so you kind of start off pretty weak. But yeah. I don't know. Like that I I think that this rule is good, like in theory, but I feel like like a lot of times it's very hard to get around something. Especially if there's more than one thing that's exactly. like you're attacking. And so, you know, it depends, I think, on the boss. Uh if, you know, it can spawn a bunch of other different things. Like you can't always get around it. And you don't want to be on the other side because then mm-hmm. you're away from, you know, your your party members. And so, I don't know, it makes it makes flanking more meaningful, but it also makes encounters harder. So it kind of, I think, balance it out. Like, it does. Take that into account when you're balancing your, your encounters. But it's, it's great. It's a good thing. Just if you're, you know, ever in like a cave or something, then you're never going to be able to flank anything because it's just going to block your path the entire way. That's true. Yeah, and I think it I think this does balance it out because so many times players are wanting advantage and uh, sorry pal, but if you're standing right next to the monster with your friend just like 5 feet away from you, that's just not enough yeah. to get advantage unless you have like the 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 pack tactics mm-hmm. ability that kobolds have also not to mention this rule 
also doesn't work if the monster you're fighting has true sight or, or blind sight or if it's a beholder that you're fighting because it can just look behind you so i think i think this does balance it out i think it makes advantage a little more meaningful um and just helping those players like okay how can we like yeah. flank this thing I, I think it helps them think more tactically i haven't had a problem with it in my yeah. current speaking game. of making things more meaningful how do you run inspiration in your campaigns Ah, oh, dude there's so many homebrew rules for that uh for this current campaign since we're t- playtesting 1D and D still we're just doing the base inspiration rule where it's like you get one and then you just you just roll at advantage or okay. you get to re-roll something at advantage um i've heard inspiration points that you can give out where it's like you just give out one anytime like something inspiring happens um and then they're able to use up those points to up their rolls just by one so you can give out like a ton of them um i've heard that one works pretty well i haven't play tested that there's like something similar to a bardic inspiration where like you can give it out in this way where it's like oh you did something inspiring boom you get a d4 that you can then roll to add to your next roll or you do something inspiring again boom i now it's up to a d6 oh boom d8 oh boom you know like something like that um there's there's multiple ways you can do it i feel like the the problem with inspiration is just that you can only give one out and it just gives you advantage there's no really dynamic thing to it yeah i've always found that difficult i don't think i've ever given out inspiration points when i was dming i just like get too focused on storytelling and i can't i just i i forget i forget so I, I should be better about that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I tend to give it out when players are like acting in character, especially when they do something that is detrimental to the party mm-hmm. or them, but that is in keeping with their character just to kind of like help them out and incentivize it instead of them just all being chaotic good yeah. the entire time or chaotic neutral. And so it just like, I don't know. that That's how I run it. But again... I never give them out, so I, I haven't been able to really test that very much. Not to mention, like, if you... I think inspiration is also good to just do base game with it because then you can be like... You can recall when they got that inspiration moment where it's like, whoa, they did this cool roleplay thing before, and now they are thinking back to it, and it's giving them that advantage. I think that's a really cool way of DMing yeah. it. Um, I've seen that done on the on another YouTube channel that ran D and D, the Corridor mm-hmm. Crew, and whatnot, and it. I thought it was really cool, and that's how I still run it to this day. That's why I haven't changed it, just so I can be like, boom, you got that inspiration, and now you're remembering when you first got it, and it's helping you out in this cause. I like it. Um, Yeah, that, that's why I just haven't changed it. Plus, I, I still forget <laughs> to give it out. Um, this one, This one I've read off of Reddit. And I think it's just pretty good at helping just keep the game going. But if you can't, rem- if no one can remember a rule or like the DM and a player are like 
kind of like, oh, well, I don't know if this is how it works. And the player's insistent, like, well, I think this is how it works. If, if no one can remember it, the DM's word goes, and it's corrected next session, like, once you look it up. Um, this is especially helpful if you can't remember, I don't know, just like, a, like the surprise. How does surprise work? You could just be like, all right, well, and you'd have to talk about them about this rule like session zero like if at any point we blank on what a rule does i'll just make my own ruling and we can either correct it next session or we could just keep rolling with what i rule um i don't know what do you think of this one i mean i think i like it just as like a good um like a general idea because the dm is the person that's making the game run. And so it's important that everyone Mm -hmm. just is following what the DM says. You can correct them if they're making a mistake, but if you aren't sure and you don't know where to find the rule, it's not going to be fun to sit there for 10 minutes while you argue with the DM about this one little rule. That's going to, you know, lose you 10 hit points or something like that. like, you know, it's keep the game going. You can figure the rule Mm -hmm. out not on your turn, but just let it go. And then you can, if you know, something's wrong, then restitution can be made and you know, it it can all be worked out in the end. Right. You're not going to, no one's going to die. Well, maybe they'll die, but probably not going to die. There was, there was one time I didn't know a rule and it killed one of my player characters. Um, I, I can I'll, I'll talk about that one later okay. if you remind me, but honestly, I usually just trust my players if they if they tell me like, hey, I think this is how a rule works, or they're like positive. It's like okay, so this is how this works. I'll be like, all right, we'll run it that way, um, and if later on we find out that's not how it works, uh, who cares? Like, yeah, it, it was still fun. Um. And then this is one of my last rules that I really like. Are you ready for this one? This one's called Last Stand. So pretty much what this one means is when a character like completely dies, like fails all their death saves, they they just get insta killed. Mm-hmm. Right? If if they're not completely squished to a pulp. And they're like still like relatively in one piece. I'll I'll let them do one final action that is just like I'll just make it as cool. Like you can you can pretty much make it as cool as you can be. Just like one final action and that's it. I like that idea. I I feel like that's similar to the how do you want to finish this kind of thing. Um it just like mm-hmm. allows for more storytelling and also kind of allows them maybe to do something else that will help the story yeah. move along. Especially when you're dying, you want to make it epic. You don't just want to like, oh, you died. You got stabbed in the heart and then you're dead. Yeah. Like no one wants a no. unsatisfying death. Like they're already sad that they're dead. Now it's just unsatisfying. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I think with this rule too, I th- I'm pretty sure I made it as well where it's like you like if they do an attack action, it's an automatic crit. 
I mean, it's a, it's their last attack. Like yeah. it better be cool. So I th- I think I I've also added that to last stand as well. But oh yeah, so the the I don't know what what do you think of uh, of that rule or these homebrew rules like in all. general? They're good. Um, I again I use most of these just as I haven't ever had to use last stand, but I use these other ones just not really realizing that they aren't actually rules, but it just communicate with my, mm-hmm. my party just about like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've also, have you heard of, I think I've done critical hits like this with you where it's the crunchy crits where that's the one where it's like, if you make a critical attack, a critical hit against someone, you max out your damage dice. And yeah, then roll. I do like that. And it just because normally it's just double yeah. dice roll. And both. Right? Yeah, and which can lead to like, oh wow, I rolled really low for a critical yeah. attack. I I do like that. It just kind of guarantees but... a good amount, and. You know, if you roll high, you roll high. If you roll low, it's still great. It was a critical. Because you don't roll 20s very often. Mm-hmm. And so you want to make that meaningful. No, yeah. You want to make people just, like, scream for joy when they hit a 20. And, like, cry in pain when they roll a 1. No, no, yeah. And, like, also enemies will also do these crunchy crits. So, like, damage can just spike yeah. insanely high. I re- you remember that one time where um our boy nathan um rolled like five twenties in a row <laughs> just absolutely annihilating um yeah, they were yeah. and he like well he was completely. also he was a paladin too so he was using his like smite and also critting at the same time oh my gosh it was oh no 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 he wasn't rolling he didn't roll 20s i gave him a fetch and weapon that he, Crit oh yeah you did you rolled 19 20s yeah yeah <laughs> and i okay i i beefed you guys up yeah. with so well, many because we needed them the like we where... all we literally lost to greek shack like and we had That's all true. these okay look i didn't have that many magic items i had my freaking decanter of endless water and like that's it <laughs> I it mean, did, it came it in did, clutch. But it like, totally you guys came had in the... clutch. <laughs> Do you remember? You guys had the the time. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, the time crystal, crystal thing. Oh. It just give you like so many actions with plus yeah. with haste. It was it ridiculous. Was... <laughs> Seth used that one so well. Oh, do you remember? Uh, do you remember Nathan's? Oh, yeah. Um, well, what's it called? The activation word for his um, spear. i won't say i won't say (laughs) yeah i can't even know i can't even allude to it because i don't want him or us canceled canceled. (laughs) so quick dude it was so so funny though (laughs) anyway us reminiscing about the past total inside joke 
it, it was a boss fight. The paladin had five actions, and he crit on like four of so them. Ridiculous. I, he also had like advantage on all of it because we were we didn't do the one eighty yeah. flank rule, so everyone yeah. was just flanking Greek Shack. So he just had advantage. That makes sense yeah. now, especially because he had two heads. Oh. Like it would make okay. more sense for him, like for us to do one eighty, like have to be behind him to get it. But either way, yeah, yeah. That anyway, makes sense. we're just referencing this campaign yeah, if that I... like these guys know nothing about, but it was a great campaign. That's true. It it was good. It it was insane, and I think we finished mm-hmm. it off really well. Um, but that one time that I messed up big time as a DM, and one of my friends will never let it down because I messed up that hard. Uh, no one rage quit or anything, um, but I still feel bad to this day because for so it was like a mm-hmm. mini boss fight. The players were feeling really good. They were fighting some grave robbers. And this one NPC that became a revenant was hunting them down. And he he absolutely messes them up. Especially the monk character. And the monk had could use a key point to disengage. And I was like, oh, that... It, I, this was this is gonna sound really dumb, but I said that invokes an opportunity attack. Ah, yes, right? I see the problem. And and so then he crit, and and he died, and then he failed all of his death saves. Oh no, no! Even even, I tried to throw him a bone. And that role failed as well. And I was, and he died. Oh, Jeremy. Um, And then afterwards, afterwards, he looks at the rules and he's like, disengage, use opportunity attack. And I was like, wait, actually, <laughs> we, we literally went through a whole story, like finished up a whole storyline with him, like becoming a revenant. And just absolutely destroying this other revenant, saving his friend. He made a new character, then looked at the rule and was like, wait a second, dude, this and we're like, I can't go back now. <laughs> that was probably the lowest point of my DMing career right there. That's so sad. I felt I felt so bad, dude. I felt terrible. And like to this day, I'm I'm always like, okay, I now know what mm-hmm. disengage means. I was so dumb. But you know what? You, you live, live and, and you, you learn. learn. Um well okay, well he, he didn't live. <laughs> he, he he learned, but he didn't live. Now he knows to question your judgment. Yeah, he's always gonna be questioning my judgment at this point. But here's here's a here's a um a, a oh my gosh here's a homebrew rule that I don't really like. It's critical skill checks. That's the one where you roll a twenty on a skill check, and you automatically pass. Mm. I don't know. Personally, I don't really like those. Yeah, I think it depends on the context. Um, like, 
I I always run it where if you roll a twenty on some kind of skill check, then you can like flavor whatever you're doing, or like you can mm-hmm. you know obviously yeah. that. But it's I always give it like a little. It has a little bit of a bump to it. I think. Um, I don't think. Well, most of my skill checks are not over twenty, but if they were, like yeah. I think. I would run it just kind of the same where it's like, if you're like close ish and you roll a 20, I would say, okay, you pass. But if you're still like far away, like it's a 30 and you roll a 20 with a plus zero, it's like, yeah, no, you're not passing. No, it's, it's just like, it's yeah, not possible. It... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. There, there's like just some times where it's like, okay, dude, this is literally yeah. impossible. Doesn't matter do. what you roll. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Or, or like whenever it's like, oh, I want to hit on this girl. It's like, okay, well, she's not interested. And there's like nothing you could say that yeah. would make her interested. Like she's married. In she's got like four And then they kids. roll nat 20 on. Yeah, it's not like a nat 20 on the charisma check is going to make her divorce her husband and leave her kids for you. It's like, dude, that's still like, okay, cool. You rolled a nat 20. That still doesn't change anything. Like the DC on this is 35. I remember like before I started DMing, I was reading like like a Reddit green pages story about this one guy who was DMing a campaign and they were like in the mountains. And this one guy failed it's a dwarf. He fails like a dexterity save to not fall through ice on this like snowy mountain. And he like starts sliding down the hill Mm -hmm. and like he falls off the cliff and he's like, I flap my wings or flap my arms really hard, like wings. And the DM's like, okay, roll for it. So he rolls in that. I wouldn't even have you roll for that. I'd be like, (laughs) okay, that's that's funny. funny. You die. (laughs) It's like, that's funny. Start rolling a new character. But <laughs> I would like to last spread. <laughs> but yeah, he's just like he let him do it, and so it's like the funny part was that he had to narrate a dwarf flapping his arms so hard that he flew back up to the surface. But I don't like that at all. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's not possible. No. Yeah. Usually, usually nat twenty. If you roll a nat twenty and it's like something viable that is possible for you to do, I will like let you yeah. do it. But if it's not like if it's impossible, I don't really care what you rolled. You're not you're not gonna be able to do it. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, like call us buzzkill or whatever, but like I'm not adding no. that rule no. to the game. That's a it's an F tier F tier rule right there. Health potion as a bonus action, S-tier. that's S tier. S double S tier. Exactly. All right. Well, that's that's enough of our rant. Let's get on to the best part of the show, which is Jim Talk Slander. That's right. Jim Talk Slander, sort of. Um, did you hear? Do you know Alex Eubank by chance? I've heard. I've heard of him. He's like super aesthetic, super lean. Um, everyone's like. I don't, I don't freaking know anymore. Everyone's like, oh, is he natty or not? Like, I, I don't know. I don't really care. But Alex Eubank actually just got hospitalized. 
Oh dear. We're not we're not a a what do you call it? We're not like a drama channel. We don't go over like this stuff usually, but I did want to see like what kind of lessons we could possibly learn from this. So for one, Alex Eubank is super lean. Like he, he I'm pretty sure he stays well below like 10% body fat just like mm. all the time. And then just before he got hospitalized, he went on a 48 hour fast for religious purposes. Um and in some of his recent videos, he was saying how he was having like some heart palpitations and like arrhythmic problems. Wow. Um, one another influencer, Coach Duchet, he like already went over uh, most of this. Um, so do check that video out. But for me personally, I. Like the heart palpitations and that stuff, that's that stuff's pretty scary. But what really, what I kind of saw that I kind of saw this coming just because of how lean he always stayed at. I and there's a lot of problems that that come from being that lean, being under your your body fat percentage. Brian, uh, do you know what the body fat, the recommended body fat percentage is for both men and women? I don't know. It's like 10 to 15 for men and then like 20 to 30 or 20 to 35. I don't know. 20 to 30 for women. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, That's like the recommended uh, just so that you don't like completely. Just so you can have like warmth. Um. So you can have extra calories if you don't eat enough. Um, and it's higher for women just because, like, women have bigger hips and, like, they they need, you know, they have it in their chest, whatever. Um, <laughs> I love you're just glossing over that. Look, man, I want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's biology, Jeremy. Okay, fine. They're boobs. What's making you uncomfortable? <laughs> okay, I'm satisfied. I'm glad. But yeah, so anyway, if you if you like stay under your recommended body fat percentage for too long, there's a, like multiple side effects that can happen. For one, your like asexuality, you're just not going to want to like be horny ever. Um and you'll be cold, sick, uh have headaches. I mean, it's not fun. I've never been there. Because I've always been on the bulk. I'm I'm trying to get fat, if anything. Mm-hmm. Not really, but... <laughs> kind of. A little bit. Uh, you know, we're going to get a little bit of pudge here and there. <laughs> but, yeah, what, what, what do you think, just from, like, the... From what I've described uh, with this whole situation so far? I think... Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely depends on your your personal lifestyle and how you live. But keeping a healthy amount of fat on you is good. I know freshman year of high school, I was 9% body fat, which wasn't great, but I was also 114 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it kind of like, 
it didn't really matter. I wasn't super active. It just kind of like how my body was. I have a fast metabolism, so I don't put on fat very easily. And, but now, you know, I'm 175 pounds and I, I'm probably at like 15%, maybe a little less than that, but I don't know. I'm feeling good. And, and if I can go a day without eating and I'll be fine, you know, I don't have to worry about just like my body digesting itself or something like that. So you always want to keep that healthy amount. Don't go too much to an extreme. I think the media kind of does disservice and like Instagram influencers do a disservice to people because all the people that they're thrusting out there that are, you know, big and bulky are either on the gear on trend or there's like super dehydrated Mm -hmm. so that they look more cut. And it's not a healthy lifestyle. You you can get there. You can look good, um, but without being unhealthy, you know, you can have both. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. It makes me, it makes me hard to, it makes it kind of hard to like look up to these influencers when they're going into really unhealthy territory. Um, yeah, for sure. But I don't know. I, I hope Alex is okay. Um, sending prayers his way. Um, yeah. We're not trying he, to diss the guy at all. No. Yeah. Not at all. Like, I, I love that guy. I, he makes great content. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone deserves the right to, you know, live and and he's doing what he thinks is best and and we wish him the best. So Exactly. Yeah, just I I'm hoping he I don't want to say learn learned his lesson because like I don't have any authority to tell him that, but I I do hope that um he does learn his lesson though. Um and in trying to be a little more healthier, like you don't have to keep the Greek the Greek god stat uh, status carved from marble kind of physique. I mean, it's it's sick for like a little bit, but don't constantly be chasing it. Um, yeah, please eat well, get your calories in. Um, and then for this last bit of gym talk, slander, we don't have any videos today, unfortunately. But I sent Bryant this really funny. Um, it's really funny da, 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 this this funny cat that's been trending. Do you see it on your Instagram? Oopy <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> he is not working out. We we need yes, I see. we need to assess this this um this photo here. So it says this cat is not lifting. It's a cat. He's got a he has a dumbbell or more like he's resting his little head on the dumbbell and he clearly doesn't have his eyes open and he's not working that hard. You're too sleepy. His butt is not working out. I mean, look at it. The dumbbell's on the ground. He's a fat cat. Or maybe he's pretty lean. I don't know. He doesn't look too chunky, but you know, he's, he's not, skinny he's definitely taking up space in the gym though that's for sure yeah he is he he's only got like what's he got there 15s maybe come on dude <laughs> 15s loser really? what are you doing freaking i could lie i could or... curl that for for hours <laughs> yeah exactly wow very sad but 
what can you do? We all start somewhere. And if you suffer mm-hmm. from narcolepsy while you're doing curls, uh, I'm sorry to tell you this, but maybe don't do bench press. <laughs> you know, it's actually kind of funny because, like, I have narcolepsy. Wait, actually? But I also, but I also sleep naked. And so it's kind of a bad combo. Wait, wait, slow down. What? <laughs> you, you... No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, are you being serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like fall asleep randomly, Dude, naked. I was, I was like, so confused. I'm like, what's this guy on? Like, how does narcolepsy <laughs> affect you? Why are you naked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, I sleep naked. That's why. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't actually. It's kind of weird, but. <laughs> All right, well, we'll end it right there. Um, <clears throat> okay, good. <laughs> however, comma, we have a great episode coming out next Wednesday, so please drop a follow, give us a review, um, follow us on Instagram. You're not going to want to miss what we have cooking up. All right? Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Tell us what you think about it uh, on our Instagram, Natty Wonders. And yeah, I hope you all have a great rest of your day. And as always, see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. I sounded like Markiplier there. That's that's how he usually ends his videos. Hey, adventure! Looks like you made it to the end of this episode. Again, we're so grateful that you listened to this project of ours. And hey, if you enjoyed, why not share your favorite episode? It helps us out. And when you hit share, you will always roll a natural 20 on your first roll. And to spice up the deal, we'll even give you a nice, juicy PR that you've always been dreaming of. Want to play a bigger part in the adventure? Follow us on Instagram at Natty Wonders. Send us your best gym talk slanders, and we'll review them on the show. Have a great day. <laughs>